Welcome to the Akiyama Brothers Song on the Screen podcast, hosted by Mark and Landon Akiyama. In episode 30, the first episode of season 2, Mark and Landon talked to video game composing extraordinaire Alex Heck about some of the intricacies of composing for video games, including horizontal versus vertical game composition. Find out more at AkiyamaMusic.com. Mark, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Well, today we have a special guest, Alex Hecht. How you doing? I'm doing good. Glad to be here. Good, yeah. good. We're glad you, you have that. Whoa, whoa. Yikes. We're really <laughs> going to have to edit that. <laughs> We're glad that you're here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right, Alex. If you don't mind, before we start, we're going to do some follow-up. Uh, so, Mark, the 91st Oscars just, uh, we just saw that. Yeah. And were you surprised at who won? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Okay. Well, first of all, if you haven't seen who won, Mark and I were talking about the best original music score. Uh, Ludwig Göransson won from Black Panther, mm-hmm. which we also did an episode on that in episode four. Yeah. Uh, the best sound mixing was actually Bohemian Rhapsody. I wasn't surprised by that because um, I, I read a whole bunch of articles and stuff that they blended multiple voices together, including the lead character, um, Rami Malik. Rami Malek's voice uh, to get the Freddie Mercury sound. Oh. And best original song from the Oscars was Shallow, the Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper song um, from A Star is Born. Which I wasn't surprised by that. Neither was I. I was surprised, though, that best original music, the music score, was Ludwig Gornson from Black Panther because I thought he beat out, um, I think it was Black Klansman and Mary Poppins. I thought the score for Mary Poppins was good. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but I guess, innovative speaking, um, Ludwig did a really good job with the, the different types of instruments that I use and the kind of direction that he took at Black Panther. Yeah, I suppose. I thought I didn't think that one would win because it came out so early. That was like one of the first of the year that came out. Yeah. But yeah, I was surprised. Yeah, it was very early, and it was we covered that way back in episode four. Um, yeah, so, when the podcast was still a baby. Yeah, I know. All right, so now that we're done with follow up, we got that out of the way. We have a guest, the first guest of season two. Now we met this guest at a um, a friend's going away party. He was going up to Silicon Valley, up to Google. Um, I think he went to Silicon Valley, but I know he went to work for Google. So we're really we're very excited. It was a excited. going away Google party. Yeah. <laughs> we're very excited for him and we're very excited that we went to that party because we met a video game composer extraordinaire Alex Heck. Alex, how you doing? Doing good, doing good. <laughs> Hi. Welcome to the podcast. Glad to be here. So Alex, we first met you at a going away party for a friend of ours. Um he was le- moving from San Diego up to work for Google. I forget what exact area. I think it might be Silicon Valley. And we started talking, you and I, Alex, about uh, VR projects, um, kind of what's been going on in the VR scape. And then also um, we learned that you do uh, a more more video game composing and it also includes um, you have your own Foley, Foley portfolio. And also, yeah. also you're a fellow barista. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, worked at a coffee shop for about a year and a half. Yeah, I I used to work at Starbucks for I think it was three months, three or four months, and then he got fired. Yeah, no, just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> well, I quit, and uh, and I couldn't give them the two weeks notice that they wanted, so they just they were like, all right, let's just make a cr- clean break, and I was I was that's that's okay with me. Um, so I don't get my Starbucks benefits anymore. I don't have that barista uh, 10% discount, but it's okay. I still get, I, I started going to Pete's coffee now. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's funny because most of the other composers I know have worked as a barista at some point in time but, as well. <laughs> it's like, it's probably like a rite of passage for composers. <laughs> I guess I, I guess I'm not really a composer then. I haven't well, not, done that yet. Not until you work at a at a barista bar. Well, there's still time, so we'll see. Actually, well, I don't know. Coffee's like the lifeblood of me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, Alex, I don't know if I did justice introducing yourself. So why don't why don't you tell us a little bit more about you? Yeah. Well, um, I've kind of been playing music for decade and a half now i um was classically trained on a contrabass and then um from there i um always been interested in uh, music and music composition as a whole okay so back in college i worked as a dj for on the side made some good money from that had a lot of fun doing that like a radio dj or or more like the beats kind of making dj uh the beats kind of of making dj (laughs) okay I did do like a mix for like radio shows oh, every now and very then. Very cool. But af- yeah, <laughs> but after that, like while I was doing that, uh, I had a lot of friends in like the video game club there, and they knew I made music and that I did like all my audio editing. So they asked me to help them out with their video games that they're making. So I did that, and eventually, I would realize it's something I really enjoy doing, something I really like doing. So after I graduated, I just completely ignored my degree. Like everybody. Um, yeah. Took some. <laughs> yeah. I think I did that too. Took some classes. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I took some classes at like Berkeley online just to get some more of the finer points down. And I, uh, moved up to Seattle and, uh, started doing video game sound design up there. Wait, what kind of classes did you take at Berkeley? Like scoring for film or did they have video game specific ones? They actually had video game specific oh, wow. scoring. Okay. Um, mainly for the, type of audio and music used in uh, video mm-hmm. games and kind of how it differs a little bit and a little bit more on the finer points of kind of programming it in. Cause I knew uh computer programming from college because I unwisely took them all, but end up working out in the end. Yeah. <laughs> Everything happens for a reason. <laughs> yeah. That's actually pretty cool. Um, cause, um, what is it? Computer programming has been something that I want to get into more. Um, Mostly, I just stick to programming websites and the little bit of HTML that I know. Yeah, I'm actually pretty bad at programming. Only I'm like mediocre at C sharp and oh, yeah. Python, but it just happens to be enough to uh, kind of work my way through all uh, the audio integration for video games. Well, good. I mean, that's all you need to know is just a little bit, and then kind of work uh, fill in the gaps as you go. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, okay. So when you when you were working on video games with uh the your friends in college that you knew, were you doing more of like writing music for the video games or sound effects and sound design? 
It was uh, it was all okay. the above. I I pro I programmed um, the audio in, which was like not well, didn't really program it in at that point, but it's more like I edited edited the audio properly for it okay. to be put in. I uh, mainly did the composition and I did the foley and like the sound effects for things like that, and I edited it so that I could easily put in. Oh, okay. So it's kind of like jack of all trades for um, the audio side. Gotcha. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, let's just for the listeners, uh, can you explain what Foley is? Yeah. (laughs) Good point. So (laughs) Foley is basically creating sound effects for movies, video games, things like that. Just sort of like if you want to make like here's an example. So I, uh, I needed to get like a good gore sounding Foley for just like, um, like a death animation for a ga- video game okay. I was doing. So what it ended up being is I ended up filling a bucket and I added some kind of like leftovers that I had in the fridge. And then I got a um, plunger and I started squishing it in order to get that like squishy meaty feel I needed to, at, like that I needed to get. And then I also added like a carrot breaking oh. so that I can get the, the bone snapping Ooh, effect gross. to it. And then just layered it all. And that was um, the sound effect I needed, which is Foley. Okay. That's a gruesome first step into Foley. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you need yeah. a lot of gore for uh, video games. That's true. Yeah. Especially like first person shooter in the zombie games. Yeah. So what are you telling us that in all video games and and films, all the sounds are programmed in after the fact. They're not organically like taken on set. Well, that you do record it on set, and well, there's a set where you record them all, but you keep them on file, and then once you have it on file, you um, get those audio files and program them at certain points in the game. Okay. Gotcha. But I don't think you guys want me here mainly talking about um, sound effects and everything. I guess we <laughs> go more into the video game composition side of things. You're right. We're here to talk more about um, composition and the different types of, uh, of composition for video games. Yeah. So there is mainly three main types of video game composition. Um, the first type is more of a, the classical type which you'll see in a lot of film and it's basically the same as you would use in film because it's it's like video game cutscenes they're basically a short movie or like a short four to five minute film themselves and the music like reflects that and i'm sure you guys are a lot more qualified to talk that than me so i'm just gonna skip right over that <laughs> well okay hang on so you're talking I'm about gonna go you're off. talking about the parts in a video game where the game takes over and you can't control the character anymore and it becomes like a movie for a backstory segment or something real quick right yeah exactly like when okay. player control is completely taken away you're watching a cutscene. you're watching like a okay, short movie right so there's there's <laughs> one yeah and then so that's the classical version classical yeah yeah and uh the two other versions are horizontal and vertical composition, okay. which is sort of like the meat and potatoes when it comes to video okay. games. A brief overview of them is um, horizontal composition is basically when you make music 
that changes or evolves as a player progresses through playing your game in a certain level. And it has trigger points that change the music or add to the composition as the player reaches them. While vertical composition is more of a dynamic um, music and audio, where what the player does um, changes the composition instead of where they're going. Um, I know that's kind of a lot at first, but I'm going to go over it, I I promise. (laughs) Yeah, because these were were new concepts... um... Uh, like putting it, putting these into words, it was like it was a new concept to me when we met you at the party. I don't think I thought most of it was just um, typical loops that you would program into the into the video game that would come as as a player does certain actions or as as you reach a certain point. Yeah, but the the loops are sort of the base for all of them. You always have to have music that loops because you you don't know how long the player is going to be in a certain area or doing something you can't yeah you you can't control that so you have to figure out a way to have the mo- the music move kind of seamlessly and repeat otherwise if there's a break then it takes the player right out of the immersion and makes them realize oh hey like there there there's a problem with the music and they focus on that instead of focusing on the game okay gotcha yeah so I think I want to start with a horizontal composition since it's a bit easier to explain. Okay. All right. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's start with that one. <laughs> <laughs> so horizontal uh, composition is called that mainly because it has a timeline and with certain triggers that change the music and the composition. And it's done in pretty much every single video game. Like a good example is you're in a Melva boss fight, the music is like low tension y, like it's it's good, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, like any good boss fight, there's now a second phase and the music changes and all of a sudden it's a lot more fiercer, it's a lot more like like active. adrenaline pumping. Okay. Oh so a lot more active. Yeah. <laughs> and um that um change in the music comes from that trigger that's programmed in when the boss does the um like phase change or transition levels up or something. And <laughs> speaking of transitions, that's usually how the um, composers sort of blend the two. They have a um, transition to move from one of the first part of the piece into the second part of the piece. And they kind of use like the boss transforming or sound effects to kind of mask the fact. Okay. Because with um because the music loops you can't really control what beat oh, um, yeah. the transition begins on yeah so you kind of have to start getting creative to figure out ways to either mask that or figure out a transition that can work on pretty much any beat um of the music that you're um that you made but um so it can be like done subtle or jarring in it, in either case but i think Hearing an example might be better okay. than just hearing me talk about it. Yeah. So the the first example I'm going to show you is from the game Final Fantasy XIV. It's from a boss battle there. Okay. And because it's Final Fantasy, they love their multiple phase bosses. Mm-hmm. So it has three different parts to the composition. 
And I picked this one because it has both the um, kind of jarring immediate transition. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then it has a, a more subtle transition into the uh, final part. So here it is. So okay, those are pretty different. It was like a, it was like a whole suite compiled into a <laughs> boss fight. Yeah, um, that usually isn't the norm. But when you have as much funding as Final Fantasy has, you can get real crazy with um, sort of the uh, transitions and compositions you do. Yeah. Okay. Um, sorry, the first half was more of kind of a melodic bit. Oh no, sorry, that was the second half. Um, what was the first? I can't remember. What was the first half like? The first half, the, well, the first third mm-hmm. was more of a um, kind of or- full orchestral, kind of like booming, um, almost like an imperial feel to it. Oh, right. This is the way to say it. And then there was just a jarring transition into the more melodic, um, melancholy kind of piano part, which then transitioned into the um, like the rock active kind yeah. of yeah more of like a metal kind of, kind of driving feel. yeah the reason i picked that is just you can easily hear all the different kind of sections yeah and they all have different feels yeah and the composition sort of rolls between those three and 
And each one is done in order to reflect sort of the different moods you want the players to have while they're fighting the boss. So first part, um, you're basically sort of like backstory, basically fighting against um, sort of like a dictator type um, woman. Okay. And so they want the music to reflect that. Mm -hmm. So they, that's why the first one had those big booming um, horns Mm -hmm. and all of that. Second part, the boss kind of breaks down and you want, and they wanted the music to um, sort of reflect the emotional breakdown of the boss. Okay. So you're listening to that and having that feeling while you're fighting her until the third part where they sort of mix the two parts from the previous ones and including like there's a, I didn't, I didn't want to include it because it would take too much time, but there's an elite motif um, in each one of those that they fuse together into the final part to kind of combine the two, plus added rock guitar because Ooh, why, why not? not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think rock guitar makes it more epic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have a question. And yeah. So, um, so say you have part one and then you have a transition into a next part, but you don't know where that's going to happen. Uh, while the player is in part one still is the is the transition like a separate cue or is it attached to whatever the second part is like do you have three separate cues in or well it depends on 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 a lot of people okay um for that example in particular yeah the transition is part of the um the song Okay. But after the transitional phase, there's a break that they loop because you can't loop the transitional phrase. Okay, gotcha. So yeah. it's programmed so that the um, the full file starts playing. Then mm-hmm. there's a cue marker after the transitional phase. So then it just repeats afterwards. Okay. And um. or sometimes they do it like um, between the part one and part two of that, where they straight up don't have any transitional fr- phrases. And just go straight into it. Oh, okay. But gotcha. they try to mask it sometimes with like explosions or like some kind of other audio cues yeah. so that the audience is um, distracted by that. Yeah. Um, and don't pay attention to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't mind this transition. We're just going to add an explosion. 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 Yeah. Here's a big explosion. Just don't don't listen too close. Yeah. <laughs> Because it, it's hard. It's it's hard. There's you can't. You have no way of predicting on yeah, what yeah. beat they're gonna do it. It's so you have a, if it's almost all music in four four for video games. Oh so, yeah yeah okay. <laughs> but you said it doesn't. Have like, it does like there's still no. Well, like well okay. Will the program try to make a smooth transition and wait till at least a solid beat? Yeah, that you can actually do that. Okay. That's actually um what most video games do. Okay. You can actually program it so that on certain beats the transition will start. So at least like that's the same. Okay. But you can't program on which beat it yeah. will start. Well you could, but then you um usually use a transitional phrase because when the actual music starts playing, you want it to have an impact. Mm-hmm. So you want like sort of visual set piece moment to sync up with the music. Mm-hmm. Right. 
So kind of like, um, I don't know, just as a basic breakdown in Excel, Excel uses if statements. So if this happens, then that. So like say in this storyline, if I as the player stab the, or stab, administer a good blow to the boss, then on the on the next downbeat of the of the musical phrase we want to transition into the next um next musical feeling of of the boss sort of you're getting actually a little bit into vertical composition okay um territory okay (laughs) which i think is a lot more interesting horizontal composition in my opinion is kind of boring or, or not boring but more bland because it's just it has to happen certain trigger points like horizontal has to go from chunk to chunk to chunk. Right. Right. Okay. And each chunk doesn't have to really necessarily flow well. Okay. So you, um, cause it can't. Yeah. Just realistically speaking. So you have to right. do things like that. But, um, I have another example for horizontal um, for horizontal. I've okay. got one more. All right. Let's hear it's it. Kind of, um, I have this broken down in three parts. Um, the first part, the um, second part, and then I have a final part where I actually included the end game audio, so you can kind of hear um, how the transition works. Oh, gotcha. And oh, okay, cool. How the um, and how like you know the the transition works like in an end game environment. So this is from Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. Okay. Okay. And it's for another, again, from boss battles, because for horizontal, it tends to be boss battles, and so those have hard triggers mm-hmm. for different parts. So here's part one. This okay. is going to be a bit more rocky, but a lot of these tend to be. That was part one okay. of the music in the fight. And it's kind of funny because for this, um, how they do the horizontal kind of video game composition um, composition for this game is all they do is add vocals. Okay. That's easy. Just add vocals. <laughs> oh, but, so that's the trans is that the transition or that would be the next next part? Oh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna play it right after this. I'm sort of explaining it beforehand. So, part two. I finally found what I was looking for. A place where I can be without Because I am a stranger who has found an even stranger war. I finally found what I was looking for. So that is part two. Just part two. Vocals added on, but because it's just vocals, yeah, it makes the transition that much easier. Yeah, and but even with that, it's hard to sync up the two because oh. again, you don't, you can't really count for the um, 
when it comes in since it triggers when the boss hits like a certain amount of hp yeah but so, you still need it to feel like it's part of the same song and you need to have and you still need to have a transition yeah. f- phrase to get into it right but you can but they exploit the transition phrase phase to kind of hype up the player more so here's how it sounds when it's all together okay So, was that sorry. voice coming from the player then? Um, it's coming from the boss. Oh, okay. okay. So the boss says, "This ends now," and then and then as soon as that happens, that's when the vocals kick in. Right. Gotcha. Okay. So does that mean? And if you noticed, oh, sorry. Oh, I don't mean to cut you off. Um, so does that mean that that phrase, "This ends now," that's the transition? It's actually the transition happened a long time before that back when you're hearing those explosions and sword clashing in the background. Oh, okay. And they're using all of that to sort of build it up. Yeah. That way, by the time that happens, the transition's already been underway for like a good 10, 15 seconds, but the player wasn't paying attention to it. Oh. They were paying attention to that part right there. So sneaky. Oh, and they got yeah, me. Got Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know it's a good transition. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you before, do it. before I cut you off, you were going to say something. Oh, that's actually what I was um, about to say. I was actually about to go more into that. Um, a lot of these, if you noticed, have pickups right before the um, phrase truly starts. Mm-hmm. And that's why. To sort of build up player tension and for them to realize, oh man, it's changing. Okay. Oh, I see. That's pretty sneaky. Yeah. Like, I actually, it's, it's a good way. I actually believe that this ends now that phrase was the was the transition and then that's why the vocals started afterwards or as like a pickup to the vocals or or something i didn't i didn't yeah. realize that the transition had happened like 10 seconds ago during the explosions <laughs> yeah like uh it's pretty smart of them and uh it's kind of uh how you have to do it since by that point the player is paying pretty close attention to vocals yeah mm-hmm. and that's why you have the um them talking beforehand that way they're listening. Mm-hmm. But I think that's an, enough for a horizontal composition for now. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so how, is, how does vertical composition work? So horizontal composition can be different songs or different compositions completely. They don't actually have to be from the same thing. Okay. Vertical yeah. composition is different. Okay. V- vertical composition... Um, bit more complicated so <laughs> baby steps yeah. baby steps that's okay we'll ask questions if we don't understand <laughs> so it's considered dynamic um instead of um uh, the trigger point being certain things a player does um instead of the trigger point being something within the game like in the setting or the environment or from like a boss mm-hmm. the trigger comes from the player's actions itself Okay. It's a lot more dynamic because of it and a bit harder more harder to um compose as well because, because of that. The player could do anything. Exactly. Okay. Like 
a good example for this is like, say you're playing a uh, first person shooter. Yeah. And you're low on health. Okay. All of a sudden, um, the music changes, like an added uh, layers added in. Oh. And that kind of makes you feel a bit more like tension to let you know that something's wrong, mm-hmm. that you need to find cover ASAP. The audio cue, the added layer to add like the warning sounds and all that is part of the vertical composition. Okay. And that warning sound can literally just be sort of a beeping mm-hmm. or it can be something ingrained in the music itself. Right. That's like in Call of Duty when I'm always low on health. I hear you. they overlay a heartbeat or um, some sort of like auditory internal um, like what the what the soldier might be hearing while they're wounded. That's why you, they add the heartbeat. They make it a little bit louder heartbeat or like breathing, heavy panting or something. I guess is that well. That's it, and it's most like basic form. Okay, because yeah. I'm always dying in Call of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I'm a. Uh... I'm pretty bad at shooters too. <laughs> That's why you write a better it. um a better example of this is say you're playing like in the Uncharted series. You're sneaking around, and um, all of a sudden the music changes. Tension like a string layer is added. A lot more tension's added in the um, music you're listening to because you're nearby enemies. That's a vertical composition. Okay. The game can't predict hard hardly. Um, like it can't hard predict at certain points would be around enemies since the player chooses that. Yeah. And that's why it's called vertical composition because you start with a base composition Mm -hmm. and you add layers to it depending what the player is doing. Okay. So there's always a a base, um, base music going on, uh, underneath as the lowest form, as the lowest layer. Correct. There's always like in the in any game or any level, there's always a base composition that plays, and then if you're sneaking, there's a sneaky music layer that's added underneath, and okay. if you're sneaking and you're low on health, then the sneaky and low on health music layers play at the same time as the base, okay. and that's where it gets complicated. Yeah, because you have to create a composition that has all these layers. And still works on either its own, with its all the layers present, and doesn't sound too jumbled or catastrophic when mm-hmm. all the layers are present at once. Right. So when you're trying to write a vertical composition, do you like you personally? Do you uh, like try to build like a full score and then and then separate out specific layers, like delete layers? Or do you start with the baseline thing and then start adding everything on top of it? Like, how do you think about it when you're writing? When I'm making my own, yeah. what I actually do is I start off with either some kind of melody that I like mm-hmm. or something that reflects the overall general feel of the level or environment the player is going to be in at that point. Okay. And then I add the layers in individually. So I think, okay... If the player's going to be tension, how will I add tension to this base score? And okay. I sort of kind of do trial and error to see which layers work. And then from there, I say, I think, how will I convey that the player's low on health? And then I add that layer. Then I adjust those layers as needed um, mm-hmm. once I kind of stack them all together to make sure it all works. 
And um, I actually have a, an example of some that I did. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so here's the base layer for this um, sci-fi third-person shooter I worked on. So was this the first layer you wrote? Yes. Okay. This is the um, base layer that plays throughout the entire level. Okay. And wh- what's this game called? Um, it was just sort of like an indie um, side project. Okay. This is a fun. So that's the base layer. It's sci-fi, and you're sneaking onto a um, enemy compound. So I added the kind of like the heartbeat drum to sort of reflect that. Okay. Yeah. So you have it's like a synth as the main thing, and then um, like a bass drum as the the under layer, sort of. Yeah. Okay. And it's not complicated. It's just two main phrases on loop. Mm-hmm. And that's just the bass layer. Okay. But it, the music that's playing is almost never just the bass layer. There's always something being added to it since oh, it's gotcha. constantly changing between them. Okay. Oh, I see. Okay. So here is um, the combat music once you're in uh, combat. Nothing too much. It's just um, was that extra drums or it's extra drums and a small sub bass put in there. Okay. Um, but that's just light combat, mm-hmm. and it's just an added layer, and slightly different now. I'm just gonna play what my low health music was okay. for that layer. Basically, a sireny synth sound plus added drums to sort of bring home the point that you're low. So when the low health layer comes in, the bass layer kind of drops a little bit? Yeah. Okay. And a different bass drum kind of kicks the stage. Oh, man. No pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm going to stop with the pun. Jeez, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh. And then... When you add them all together, yeah. it sounds like this. Oh my god, I feel like I need to go get some HP. Some health points <laughs> or, or like get an apple. Take a bite out of an apple to help out. <laughs> <laughs> so that is um, at a, a ver- vertical music composition at a more basic level. Okay. Um, all done for like synth, synths and stuff like that. Yeah. So like how how long um, for that one? Like how long were each of your labors? Like four bars, four measures. Um, actually, sixteen. I didn't want it to play it for too long. Yeah, 
because I'm a little embarrassed. It's one of my older stuff. No, that's but a, there's a um, there's more that happens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It does help because I had them. I, I could use them readily. Yeah, and it's some of the audio files I'm allowed to use. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. We don't that's want true. you to get in trouble or yeah. anything. <laughs> don't break any copyright laws. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. So, but um, okay. Yeah, it, but I have another question. Sorry. Yeah. In a in a game, when you're doing the vertical composition and you have to add a layer, does the program like fade in the layer, or do you have to make it so it can start uh, like right from wherever at full volume? That's that's the beauty of vertical composition is that you can fade it in okay. at any point. You basically the best way to think about it is that all layers are playing at the same time. Oh. And when a certain layer triggers, you have like a kind of like a crossfade into that yeah. layer. So it doesn't happen immediately. Yeah. It kind of eases it in. Okay. To kind of help with it. Mm-hmm. And then once that, so once say you're, you're playing a game, you get hurt, the low health music starts playing. Mm-hmm. It, it gets faded in and then you heal yourself and then it fades out. But because all parts are playing at the same time, mm-hmm. they, uh, uh, there, it's never like in horizontal where you have like awkward transitions. That's yeah. never a problem oh, since it's always there. Oh, that's awesome. That's a totally different way of how I was thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> that actually sounds um, a lot easier than horizontal now. Yeah. Or the it's, way to think about it right. is a little easier. The way to think okay. about it is easier. But when you get to bigger AAA games, the yeah. composition for it gets a little bit harder. Okay. At least that's what it is in my experience. So what's like, for the bigger games, what's like like a common number of layers to have going at once? Like more than mm, 16? Uh, it really depends on the type of music they're doing. Okay. Um, I know it can be like from like six to seven layers. Okay. Um, but for like big games, what they end up doing is they kind of, they combine horizontal and vertical. Oh, okay. So that when a player is going through a stage... Yeah. Certain parts of the stage have different um, comp- um, compositions, and the trigger is the uh, player going into that area. Okay. So you're going through like a main street that has its own music playing, mm-hmm. and then you go into an alleyway, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, sort of more somber kind of music starts playing. That's yeah. horizontal because the trigger is the map itself. Yeah. But each of those sections will have layers that could come in and out at any time. Exactly. Okay. Okay, so different vertical layers. Whoa. That's where it gets a lot more complicated. And that's sort of what you kind of have to be thinking about when you're kind of doing audio composition for these games. Yeah. So, speaking of that... Is that nice that that gives you more options when you're trying to it, write stuff? Honestly, I find it kind of fun. Okay. I, it, to me, it's like a puzzle. Yeah. And there's no, like, good answer to the puzzle. Mm-hmm. So you have to find the best one and figure out kind of, like, and make the puzzle pieces yourself. Right. Wow. And when it all fits, it feels really good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. That's funny. It's like, it's almost like a double-edged sword. Oh, great. Now I have to think about all these other things um, to write music for. <laughs> <laughs> Because Mark and I, we're very used to just um, 
just classical composition just i guess i guess that would be in this context just horizontal um just uh, completely linear except we control the transitions yeah yeah except we control the transitions so we never have to relinquish our control (laughs) to somebody else (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's the hardest part yeah you don't have control over the music you make yeah (laughs) yeah that's crazy someone else does (laughs) you kind of like Instead of you being the um, instead of you being the maestro up there conducting everyone, um, and the audience sitting down, you're sitting down, and the audience is conducting everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Yeah, like everything's reversed. Yeah, it's a uh, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it kind of is, but I guess I mean. For video games and for this for this genre, it totally makes sense, and it, it's 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 very cool. It's a totally different way of thinking of of stuff. It's also why like, a lot of um, video game composition tends to, unless you're doing like a triple A, like millions of dollars into the game, the music itself tends to be be a bit more simple. It tends mm-hmm. to be um, not too complicated, at least like layer wise, mm-hmm. because otherwise it's just it's too hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> otherwise it gets too complicated and if if you don't have enough ram it's not going to work <laughs> and then yeah but of the games that you've worked on are there are there is there usually like a composer for the game and then also a sound designer on top of it and then do you guys like work together back and forth for the bigger projects there tends to be an audio director okay and the audio director kind of like commands everything and kind of gives you a way to um, lets you know whether uh, what kind of feeling they're going for the composition, lets you know how long they want it, mm-hmm. how they and it makes it a lot easier, in my opinion, yeah. if they just straight up tell you what they want. And it's not like when you're with other people and they're like, "I want it to feel melancholy, but like not too melancholy." Oh, like, great! Like one of those things. <laughs> we all love it when people give us those descriptions. <laughs> Yeah, you actually, um, they, they, they give, like, they'll tell you exactly what they want. It's like, I want two beat phrases. I want it to be in this key. Oh, that's I great. want it to, like, basically what genre they want. Yeah. And then you kind of go from there. At least in my experience, it's like wow. that. That's awesome. So that's like an audio director that knows composition and knows kind of the details that somebody needs to go to move forward. Exactly. So then they'll tell you like also what sound departments or what the, 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 what's it? Special effects departments doing for transitions kind of. Yeah. Um, usually when I've worked on those, I am the special effects department, but so you do both. Okay. (laughs) So you already know what you're doing for those. That's kind of what I was asking. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But in general, they're kind of kept separate. Okay. Um, if you're doing sound effects and you're not doing the composing, mm-hmm. they actually tell you what key, or they give you the au- the um, audio that's gonna be playing there. Okay. That way, when you have sound effects, it's not like off key when you hear them. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. Oh, that's smart. Yeah. Um, another part is when you don't have an audio director. Yeah. For a lot of games I worked on, I'm the only audio guy. Okay. Actually, for most of them, I'm the only audio guy. So, so you're expected to do the music and the this, this sound effects? Correct. I'm, I do the music, 
I do the sound effects and then I program them all in. Okay. Wow. Which, which do you, when you do have to do that, which do you work on first? Do you like to work on the music first and know what's going to be playing and then kind of help transitions later with whatever sound effects you're going to add? Exactly. That's, that's what I do. Okay. Oh, I do the music first. Yeah. That way I know basically the feelings and kind of the sounds for each part of the stage or part of the chapter that I'm working on. Then I do the sound effects to sort of reflect on that and to kind of blend in with the music. Also, it just really bugs me when I'm going through like gray box builds. The gray box is basically kind of like very like in testing builds of the game. Oh, okay. okay. And it really bugs me when I'm playing them and I don't hear like music or ambience or anything. That bothers you more than not hearing sound effects? It does. Oh. <laughs> it's almost like okay. a weird dead silence. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. It's like when you're at a party and no one's talking, so you're just kind of like staring at everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so are you, when you're trying to write a transition and you're like, I can't, I'm not sure how to make this transition work with just music are you ever like oh i'll I'll, it'll be fine because i'm gonna add the sound effects later yeah that's part of it as well i uh figure out where the transition's bad Mm -hmm. i'm like okay gotta put this sound effect here and put an explosion here explosions are so good for transitions (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) you're like okay where can i cover up some of these some of these awkward points you get an explosion you get an explosion everybody gets an explosion that just reminded me actually another more subtle way to do those really hard transitions is like a stinger a short like four note phrase that plays that you overlay it and kind of helps mask that Um, oh okay would you call that a finger a stinger right Um, a stinger wait what'd you say stinger Oh, okay. okay. That's what I thought. Like he said. A bee sting. Yeah, stinger. Not obviously not a finger. Then <laughs> think of stingers um, as well. Stingers can like be anything. Like when you kill like a, a boss, a special like sound effect or clip plays, mm-hmm. or when you open a door. So a way that stingers can be used for um, transitions is, say, you open the door, and the door is the trigger, and the horizontal composition for the next part in the music. Okay. You can have a little jingle play when the door opens to help mask the transition into the next part. Oh. So think okay. of it as like your transition into your transition. So it's like a musical sound effect. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. Actually, that's basically what it is. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, I got that right. How about that? Good job, Mark. <laughs> Claps. You get a sticker. <laughs> that's a totally different way of thinking. That's crazy. <laughs> it's a little different. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit more but, than a little. <laughs> I do have an example, though, of some good like combination of both vertical and horizontal. Okay, yeah, sure. Composition. It's yeah. from a uh, near automata. Okay. And it's a little background for I'm about to play for you. It's the player is inside an abandoned amusement park. Ooh, cool. and they're fighting like their enemies there. So. The music sort of reflects the fact that you're inside an abandoned amusement park. Okay. Oh, so maybe carnival music? Yeah. Okay. So here's the bass layer they kind of mess around with. 
So that's the base layer. Okay. Creepy, kind of like the uh, carnival jingles in the background mm-hmm. with a voice that you can't understand singing. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, and then the kind of melodic piano. And when you find yourself close to a group of the non-hostile people in the abandoned amusement park, okay, then they add a layer, and this is what it sounds like. That's for for Didn't friendly people? <laughs> yep, that's for the friendly people. Wow. Okay, great. <laughs> that, is a and, little, that is a little creepy. Um, yeah. Was that a glockenspiel that they were using? Yeah, it sounded like a glockenspiel. For the, for the descending notes? Yeah. But I... I do like it. It really kind of puts, gives you that off feeling. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and for something a little different, um, you can actually hack robots in this part. Oh, okay. And w- whenever you're hacking, remember that everything's kind of playing at once. Right? Yeah. But for this vertical part, they actually switch it to chip tune, like eight bit. Oh, okay. To okay. let you know that you're hacking. Oh, and this is, the, this is the layer that plays when you're hacking. So that's like a, almost like they just put an 8-bit filter on the whole composition. Yeah. And it transitions like seamlessly. You just kind of get a fader, go between the two. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's cool. That. I like, yeah, I like that sound. And he, now there's another layer because this is a lot bigger game. They mm-hmm. can do a bit more stuff with it. So here's the combat music that plays. Ooh, okay. Wow, so that sounds a lot more epic. Like like you're ready to go kick some butt. Yeah. In case you haven't noticed, the go to combat layer for a lot of games is just add more drums. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it works really well though. Yeah. And finally there's a kind of like full layer 
Okay. And it plays when you're in combat and you're almost at the end of the level. Oh, okay. Okay, so they add a lot, a lot of more strings and yeah, yeah, a lot more different melody layers. Yeah, contrasting melody yeah. lines. And yeah, everything. that's cool. And the uh, strings are actually kind of serve as a like transition into the loop, since you're focusing on the strings and not focusing too much on more of the uh, lower layers, and uh, then that's how they use to like repeat it again. Oh wow! Wait, so at that point, it had already looped. It was about to loop. Okay, gotcha. I, I cut it out where it looped, actually. Oh. Probably should have kept that in there now I think about it. No, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's about it for verticals. So now we can kind of see how vertical and horizontal are different. Yeah. But they work together really well. Yeah, that's cool and when they're combined. It, yeah. And pretty much every single video game uses this because when you're making music for a video game you always have to have it loop and you always kind of have to have it change depending on what the player is doing. Mm-hmm. And you kind of have to account for the fact that you don't have control over what the player is doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind of hard for somebody that always wants to control something. <laughs> <laughs> Someone who's anal. <laughs> well, yeah. I learned to let go of that. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> that might be me. <laughs> So do you use different programs when you're writing? Like if you know that it's specifically for a game? Yes, actually. Okay. The two main programs I use for composition are um, FL Studio and Pro Tools. Okay. But there's actually middleware I use for those games to help integrate them in there and to set up the transitions. And it's called Weiss and FMOD. Okay. And they're sort of like middleware programs to get the music you made in like Pro Tools and get it to work in the game. It goes through like Weiss. In Weiss, you kind of set like, oh, I want the transition to sound like this. I want the crossfade to be this fast. I want it to come in on like every half beat instead of every beat for the transition. Okay. So that's stuff like that. That program's more. F- for triggering the different layers or like how it goes in and out of the different layers. Yeah. Like, um, like telling it what to do with all the music. Yeah. Like when you, when you like, you make like the stems. Yeah. I personally use pro tools and, um, FL studio. Mm -hmm. Right. You make the stems in there. Yeah. And then you actually directly connect them into that program. And that program kind of helps smooth over putting it inside the game. Oh, wait, so they're directly connected? Like you don't have to export from Pro Tools and then import it into the, yeah. 
you do um i know there's a i know you, i'm pretty sure you can i haven't done it i usually i just kind of put it in i just kind of click and drag since i have oh, two okay. monitors yeah but the middleware program tends to be directly embedded into the game itself oh okay oh so then you would move the stems the um the music tracks into the metalware or where the game is is being built into and then kind of program it from there yes okay so i mainly use like weiss and fmod to kind of do my all my audio programming and then if i have to and only if i really have to i go into the game engine itself and use it from there like how does the game developers get you the weiss um, like file or project. Um, they don't. Oh, okay. You you work on the same file they do. Okay. It just so happens that like Weiss and FMod have the they're programmed to have the ability to go into that game engine. Okay. And basically, um, automatically connect to it. Okay. The that is confusing. the problems happen if. <laughs> yeah, the problems happen <laughs> if the game the game devs are using like a proprietary engine. Yeah, then they have to get one of their guys to create a program to connect to Weiss or FMod so that you can work on it. Oh, um, I see. So okay, so Weiss and FMod are specifically for the audio side, right? Only. Correct. Okay. Weiss and FMod are specifically made for. Um, Putting in music, putting in sound effects, stingers, okay. everything. Right. So they, cool. so you create them, you create the sounds and the music in something like Pro Tools, and then you export those or or click and drag them over to the next program, either um, Weiss or the other one you were talking about, to FMod, FMod, to give it structure, right? To exactly. Kind of build it how you want and position them into into the areas that they need to be mm-hmm. okay wait so in weiss or fmod are you seeing the like do you have a visual of what's happening in the game or no not in those programs you have okay. a visual you have to have the game running somewhere else oh, okay. for you to have that visual God. Uh, okay but right. you can just press like a button in weiss and then you play the game to see if it works if it doesn't you just go back Oh, oh, I see. Is there a way to see it, or is there a way that you know of to see it in real time as someone's playing the game, what your changes in Weiss would do? Yes. Huh, that's cool. Wow. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, it's pretty convenient. A lot of it's like trial and error when you're doing, trying to like set trigger points and all of that. So, when I do them, let's say I triggered it so that, um, I wanted the layer to come in if the player gets hurt. So I programmed that in. I pressed the export button in Weiss. And I already have my other game window open. So then I press play on the game engine I'm working on. I can immediately test it, get shot by something, and see if the uh, audio trigger works. That's really cool. That's fun. Yeah, that sounds fun. (laughs) (laughs) That that actually sounds a lot more fun, like, I don't know, because... a lot more fun than what Mark and I do because it's like we, we just, just watch, play yeah, watch we just it. watch a static scene happen over and over again. <laughs> yeah, and we're like, okay, we have the base layer. Let's add some some more eerie candies and see what happens. 
at least you get to play the game a little bit to try yeah (laughs) that's cool it sounds fun at first but then it's like your 40th attempt to get the trigger to work properly oh oh. okay and (laughs) it's another double-edged sword i guess yeah and then i guess it does get long for those very very long almost never-ending games that that don't seem to have a conclusion Mm -hmm. right like how would that i mean i would that be just like you just keep programming it until you mean like you, Candy Crush or something? I don't know until you've reached like until you've uh, programmed every possible scenario. Yeah, that's basically it. Kind of <laughs> each area you have to program it, and make sure that audio is playing it. You have to account for pretty much any state that the player is in, as long as it's a state that needs an audio kind of trigger. Yeah, and. um Make sure everything's looping right and make sure that the transitions to different areas work mm-hmm. and make sure that all the transitions work. Thanks. Yeah. So even on like the, the bigger budget games, um, are the composers usually expected to be able to program Weiss and FMOD also? No. Oh. Generally, um, when you get that big, yeah. you hire just more of a regular composer. Oh, okay. And have them work on it. And for those um, like game studios, they tend to have a guy whose sole job is just programming it in. That's oh, all he does. Gotcha. Oh, okay. If if you're playing on composing for like video games, um, you still have to like keep horizontal and vertical kind of composition in mind, mm-hmm. since that is um, what they'll probably be asking of you to kind of do it like in the stems and layers. Yeah. Right. Huh. That's interesting. So at the end of a game, like how much, like ballpark, how many hours of music would you have written for a game? Me personally? Yeah. On like your so, biggest game, say. It's got to be more than a, more than like a two hour movie, right? You'd be surprised because a lot of it just loops. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So true. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like not including loops, I guess then. Most of my stems are 32 beat phrases. It's really not um, that hard. Like I said, the hard part is figuring out how to mesh everything really well into them. I also lean towards more sci-fi games just because I'm better with synths than more regular stuff. Mm -hmm. But I know for the big AAA games, like say like a 12 hour to like 16 hour game playtime, you can have about four to five hours of composition. Mm. Wow. And at that point, if you have four hours worth of music, you have, so many different types yeah. that the player tends to not notice when like, te- like kind of reuse it for like, again, like, yeah. Hey, this, this composition was great in this scene. So we'll put in here or they have, um, certain characters have their own theme and that theme just plays whenever they're the main focus of oh, scenes. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even think about like writing themes for specific characters. Yeah. I think yeah. what metal gear rising has different themes or their boss characters. Um, Correct. Yeah, something like that. So, if we're using Metal Gear Rising as an example, each boss has their own theme, which comes with the instrumental and vocal layer. And each boss has their own level, which has a combat version and a non-combat version, with a few different layers added, depending on whether or not like you're, say, high up or underground. Oh... For another game like say Super Smash Bros, is the the composition is just 
um, based off of the terrain that you were fighting in? Yeah. So just depending on the stage you're on, the music would change. Of course, right. you have a lot of stages. So Yeah, and then that, just, <laughs> that music just gets looped until the whole battle is over. Yeah. But for that, like, it tends to not be too long. It tends to be, like, a minute, minute 30, and then they loop it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because I think Mark and I have played Super Smash Brother games, like, or, or, um, battles, uh, for, like, a good while where we started noticing the music looping. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, Mark? <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> but he just said it's only, like, usually a minute 30 long, yeah. so you don't have to even play it for that long to realize that, Landon. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's entirely dependent on um, kind of how long the uh, bass melodic piece are going for as well. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Did you have any more clips to share? No, I think that's uh, all I have on me right now. Hmm. Okay. okay. Awesome. Well, I guess in that case, we Mark and I have some big picture questions. Um, like, I guess for for starters, um, we already talked about what got you into video game composing. Um, but can you tell us what your what kind of projects you're working on now without you know breaking any contracts that you've signed or or anything like that? Uh, right now, all I can really say is that I'm kind of working on a visual novel type game, like a online kind of uh, you know like visual novel. It's a, it's a bit different than what I usually do, okay. but it's it's nice. <laughs> so with that, are you? Is it more like classical style composing or is it still vertical and horizontal? It's more classical since okay. it's basically a visual book. Okay. So the way I'm doing it is there's like scenes in the visual novel mm-hmm. and each scene has its own theme playing that I make and then transitions to another scene, different song starts playing um, just like that. And it, it makes programming it in a lot easier, let uh, me tell you. I was, about to, I was just about to say, <laughs> yeah. that must be fun or easier for Weiss then. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, I don't want to ask you too many more questions about that. Cause, um, Are I you doing want... sound effects for that too? Yeah, sound design? I am doing okay. the sound effects for that. And again, it's pretty easy since the trigger points are basically certain lines. Mm-hmm. Okay. So line happens, sound effect happens. Oh, like, okay. Come at me, bro explosion (laughs) explosions are just so useful man let me tell you (laughs) yeah (laughs) all right well let's see how about how about this last question this could go on for a while but where do you see the future of video game composition going especially because like more video games or more companies are developing like vr video games does that affect video game composing at all i think Video game composition is just going to get a bit more complicated as people there there new tools are coming out yeah. all the time to help with transitions to help with all those phrases and all of that and I'm thinking that eventually um, the vertical and the horizontal composition is going to get more complicated overall mm-hmm. and the loops will get longer the um, audio will be more dynamic. But to answer to VR, yeah, um, I don't think that's going to change overall composition too much, since the methods are still the same. Yeah, you're 
still trigger points, still dynamic player-based actions. The only thing that really changes is for the people programming it in. Oh, okay. It's going to be a lot. It's a lot harder for them. It's yeah. a lot harder for me. Let me tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been approached to do any VR ones yet? I've attempted to do one VR game yeah. for fun, and it quickly became not fun. Oh gosh, <laughs> oh, man, a nightmare. Nice. Yeah, because even in video games, you can kind of control the source of the audio. Yeah. But in VR, say someone picks up a can and shakes it, and then they're like, "Oh, this sounds interesting." And they then they bring the can close to their ear, oh, and then they no. shake it. Oh, oh no! So that's and you have to account don't for do that. that. Yeah, that's just trying to protect a ton more scenarios that can yeah. happen. Yeah, it's basically chaos theory in VR for um, sound effects and all that. Yeah, yeah. but as as far as like the the player or the the person playing the VR game being able to look any direction, that's that's kind of how, like, video game composers already operate, right? Yeah. it just a bit more complicated mm-hmm. because now, like, the player has certain expectations, if that makes sense. Oh, okay. Because they're the player now. Yeah. it's They're not playing as, like, someone else. They're the player. Yeah. So people are already used to things sounding certain ways. And it's hard to kind of, how do you say this? How to have background music playing when like a player is existing inside the VR game. Oh yeah. That's a little weird. Damn. Oh, cause then you're like, Oh, where's that music coming from? Is it just coming yeah. from like the skies above? And then if you look in a different direction, does that change the way you're hearing the background music? Yeah. And stuff. Okay. I mainly, it really depends, especially if you're having like diadetic music playing. Yeah. I mean, diadetic, diegetic diegetic music. Diegetic, yeah. Mm-hmm. So if it's playing from like a radio, mm-hmm. now you have to like, your music's playing from the radio. How's it going to sound in the room over? But again, this overall composition, it doesn't change much. But when it comes to like sound effects and, and things stuff. diegetically coming from the game itself, right? Really, yeah, like really messes with the experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that it's it's still kind of exciting though. I think that'd be fun. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. More work, definitely, but yeah. <laughs> well, I'm I'm sure it'll get easier once people finally figure out ways to create tools to make it easier. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Well, that just means with all these new things, um, like you the can... sound the sound design, that just means more jobs, more and more. <laughs> Are you? It opens you up to trying new things too. Yeah, and seeing what works. Oh yeah, but. That's basically where I see the um, future of video game comp- composing going. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's not going to change too much, but it will definitely get more full and more complicated, I feel, in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, all that's to add to the user experience, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. Really helps. Um, a lot of games are trying to like sell that like Hollywood movie feel. Oh, oh. I see. And with that comes that level of music and soundtrack as well. Yeah. Right. Right. So you have to make it even more kind of at that level, at that quality. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's exciting though. That's really cool. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of fun. And then also a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you can, it can, it can be both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can have fun while working though. The work is fun, Landon. Jeez. 
right. <laughs> Wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, neither would we. Well, I don't know. Mark, do you have any more questions? No, I really... <laughs> I, I, I've never tried to score a game, so I had tons of questions, but I think I, I think I asked a lot of them already. Yeah, and I think it's going to take me some time to digest all this info and just kind of let it settle and so I can organize it in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> That's really cool, though. Thank you so much for, like, talking about what you do and everything. Yeah, I know. I no, mean, it's no problem. Yeah, this is the first time we've had um, another composer on, on the podcast. And yeah. So to kind of get a different perspective, especially since you're in a totally different genre mm-hmm. from Mark and I, um, it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun and mind-blowing, to say the least. I'm glad here to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think probably as, as more... Um, more things come into onto the scenes and stuff like um, more video, VR uh, things. I mean, we'd love to have you on on the show some more times. If you, even if you want to just talk about um, something new in the video game industry, um, I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, if uh, if I can think of anything or anything comes up, uh, I'll be sure to let you know. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Sounds good. So, Alex, before we sign off, where can our listeners find you? You can find my. Uh professional fit page at alexander-heck.squarespace.com and you can find my less professional page at soundcloud.com slash lvl2esper gotcha are you on instagram or twitter um i'm on twitter as level two esper as well okay great all right you heard that listeners we'll be sure to put those links in there though yeah we will and hopefully, you know, we can send some traffic your way, maybe get some DMs or something. She's going to have a pull your slide into those DMs, you know? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, I mean, you never know. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, thank you again for being on our first episode of Season 2. Yeah. And thank you for having me. And, and thank you again, listeners. Uh, for tuning in Alex we hope to have you again sometime very soon Um, also listeners you can find Mark and I on Instagram Uh, I'm Landon underscore Akiyama and Mark is Mark underscore Akiyama you can also find us on our website akiyamamusic.com where you can also find this podcast and uh, be sure to like subscribe and rate us on iTunes Um, or write a review Yes, write a review. We always like hearing what our listeners have to say and also who you want to hear from, I guess, and whether you like this interview or not. Um, and no, don't say that. <laughs> they loved it, obviously. <laughs> you better have loved it, otherwise. <laughs> I might cry a little bit. It's cool. Oh, don't make Alex cry. Don't Let's hurt do Alex's that. feelings. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, thank you again, everybody, for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Yes, thank you. And bye, Alex. See ya. Thank you. Bye.